Hello guys and welcome back to another episode of Super Coach Mates. Well, round seven is done and dusted. Um, and before we jump into each side, we're just going to quickly touch on how we went this week because I think both Thomas and I had phenomenal weeks. Um, obviously, um, we haven't got Jonas tonight. Unfortunately, I think he's busy with work commitments. But um, Thomas, how did you go this week? Um, better, much better than I originally expected. I think at the start of the round, it was kind of just like, oh, I got Hewitt out, a few problems on field with, with obviously the injuries throughout the week, and I thought stuff that I'll just play it safe and um, bring in who I was originally always going to bring in, which was Clary and 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 Hayes from Port. Ended up on twenty five sixty one, which I guess is, um, it'll be I think just above average this week because I think every other person went nuts and this week. Um, but yeah, definitely happy. Happy with that score, considering this week I thought it was going to be a bit of a rubbish week. But, yeah, I know you you did pretty well. I think you just scored just above, which was 25-6-7 or something like that. Yeah, I scored 25-71. Oh, that's um, right, yeah. And I didn't really have anyone on Friday night. I had Gibkiss get the 79, which was... Yeah, definitely you know, helps. I thought that was okay. I um, mean, I thought it might have been on something. And then Saturday came around, and I don't think I could have done any better on Saturday for how to yeah, try. Um, Tom Stewart. Tom Stewart went gangbusters down at GMHBA, almost single-handedly got Geelong across the line. Um, Max Gorn got 172, who I did a last-minute change from the loophole. I originally had it on Oliver, and then I ended up switching yeah. to Gorn. So I won there with Gorn 172. Um, Patrick Cripps just tore North Melbourne apart, another 140-plus score. So I was pretty happy on Sunday night seeing I was on about 1,700 and I only had about 15 players play. And then today came through and and it just kept getting better. Like um, Lockie Neal, 187. Nick Munn, who I've still got, 106. Um, Jack Chris today at the MCG just one of the better players on the park, 100-plus again for him. So I really couldn't have asked for a better week. The only blemish who I have no doubt we're going to touch on, because I'm going to go a bit early on this, is Jack McRae. And, boy, do I need Lockie Hunter to come back in that yeah. side. And ever since Lockie Hunter's gone out, McRae's gone, like, 90 and now 89 again. Um, and he's... The prices are probably going to change. I just will put out there, we are recording this podcast on a Sunday night. Um, so we probably won't have access to the prices and break-evens and stuff. But mm. um, his break-evens are going to be through the roof. Um, I would say it's probably going to be nudging on 200 off the top of my head. Um, so I think at long last for both you and Jonas, Thomas, um, I think he's going to make his way down and he might be right for the picking in a few weeks. Oh, 100%, which is um, lucky. But we're, we're going to move on now. Um, so you guys are no longer going to be able to see my face. Um, if I can get... Oh, let me get my side off. There we go. Um, just a few little technical things. Here we go. Right, so we're just going to go through game by game. Um, we're just going to touch on a few um, key points. So 
The first game was the Friday night game, the absolute blockbuster game here yeah. on Friday night. Um, so can we go early on Greg, Greg Clark? You debuted, got 104. I know our fellow colleague Jonas has already gone early on Greg Clark. What what are your thoughts on this, Thomas? Um, I know that, Nathan, you're pretty strong on don't bring anyone I am. Um, in regardless of of how they score. Um, a la ben, uh, ben Hobbs, I think it was from Essendon, who scored 65 and is basically probably going to lose money <laughs> lose money at yes. some point. Yep. Um, considering how terrible he's been since then. Clark's an, another one where I think, um, for me, might have to be bringing in this week because I just don't see any other rookies that are good. And there's a few that are nice, uh, could be quite good in two weeks' time. When, oh, yeah, yeah. In a week week's time, once Clark's in the bubble, as well. Um, I watched a fair bit of this game, probably like three quarters, two two and a half quarters worth. Um, Clark was definitely impressive for 24 disposals, 104 super coach points. is is quite good. Um, he's a big big body, and I think he's bided his time enough in the waffle uh, that you just can't really go wrong. He's going to be traded in regardless. I think even if he scores a 60. Um, and I think he's going to be given 100% the opportunity. The fact they named him early on in the week just shows, I guess, they've got full trust in him to to play to play out his role. Um, and I don't think there's there's any lack of job security because um, considering the West Coast got pumped by about 100 points. Yeah, I don't think there's going to be any dumb job security issues there. Um, so most really, um what do you think about him as a downgrade option, um, Tom? Um, yeah, he's one that obviously probably helps. He scored three goals. 92 is actually quite good for three goals. Um, I don't think he's obviously going to get that week in, week out. They don't play West Coast every week. So he's a wait and see. He's, he's, he's similar to Rosas where at the, at the at this current time where the 92 is in, he's, he's going to be in his cycle and he's going to... Increase in price regardless, I think, unless he scores negatives in the next two weeks. Um, but you definitely wouldn't go early on him. Even if you didn't have any other opportunities, I, I'd, I'd find someone else. Um, just because the, the Fridgeman forwards are prone to scoring badly at times. And um, you just don't know what's going to happen in, in two weeks. He's, he's a good price, so 100% give him another week. And then if he impresses, then you've got quite a nice rookie to, to bring down but i wouldn't risk it now it's it's too he's too volatile to say he scored three goals um i'm not exactly when when he scored them if if it would have increased but not at least you know almost scoring a ton with three goals is, is pretty impressive there considering that jack revolt scored four goals and, and was less than a ton so a uh, less than 90 sorry so scoring 92 is quite impressive 14 disposal three goals it's pretty good output um, but yeah, someone I wouldn't be looking at this week, but definitely next week if he puts up another half decent score. Yeah, well, he's gonna struggle next week because I think Richmond are playing Collingwood next week, so yeah, um, good copper Isaac Quainer type defender he, if it comes to that. Yeah, he he could cop. He in fact that's probably the matchup that's gonna happen. Um, off the top of my head. Um, so moving on to the next game. Um. So Geelong v Frio. So, um, what 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 went on with Tom Stewart? Just 
everywhere. Yeah. 40, 40 disposals. Everywhere. 40 disposals. I had a look. He had 40 disposals. He had like 950 metres gained. He had 11 intercept possessions. Like, he just had a perfect game. That's the only way you can describe it. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, he, I watched probably most of this game, um, and he was starting on a wing at times, which worked really well for him. He'd, he'd basically start on a wing and then be that uh, almost number six to, number six midfielder where um, he'd push hard from the wing into the high halfback role um, to slingshot them into forward. Like, obviously, Geelong look from it every possibility and to score 40 disposals in a losing game it just shows how much trust they've got in him he's, he's deadly in his um possessions and his also intercept role is is ridiculously good so yeah once that 187 shows what he's capable of which is quite scary if you don't own him i think nathan's the only one that owns him out of us three um he was one that i was definitely eyeing off this week as a defender upgrade however i don't think i can actually afford him now no, he's probably going to be yeah skyrocket. I wouldn't recommend going for Stewart after that game. I don't think he's going to do this every week. Forty disposals is, is insanity, and Frio paid no attention to him, considering they probably had a game plan that worked. But I guess you're pretty pleased, Nathan, that he you obviously have him, and and uh, that correlates to obviously a pretty good week for you. Yeah, I mean, I didn't pick him expecting him to do this. I'll say that I picked him because I thought he'd just be a you know very safe hundred and five hundred and ten point player. Um this this might even be close to his highest ever score in his whole history. Yeah, it could could well um, be. So I definitely wasn't expecting this. Yeah, in fact this is actually his highest score. His highest previous score um was a hundred and 52, I think, looking at this. That was I can't... against West Coast, potentially, if I remember correctly. No, it was against was North it? Melbourne. Oh, um, right. Now, I can't see, so if... So, I'm just here on the super code. So, if that's not correct, please let us know. Um, But I can only see this as the sides that Geelong have upcoming. Um, And, yeah, it says on here that his high score is 152. So, if yeah. that's the new high score for him... He picked the perfect week to do it on. Um, and he's probably going to be above 600k. He'd be nudging 600k now. So I don't think you could Yeah, 100%. Um, nah. So Andrew Brayshaw, um, who's only scored 77, which I don't think he'd be t- too concerned about, given that Fremantle actually won the game. Um, but it is a concern, given his price and where we thought he might be this year. <clears throat> Yeah, um, like 28 disposals isn't the worst. Um, the reason why he obviously scored poorly was his disposal efficiency only went at 64%, um, which is not too bad. I think Brayshaw, the issue with him is, well, the good thing for non-owners is I don't think he's going to ever nudge a ridiculous score. He might get one, which which shoots up his price, but then I don't think it's going to be consistent, which I think is the main issue when you're trying to pick your top six midfielders or whatever. Um, Brayshaw is one that is prone to a tag. This disp- uh, inefficiency in his disposal, I think, is one, a one-off rather than a, a, a going to be a main, mainstay in his game, unlike other players. But I think the other issue is his ceiling is a little bit inconsistent. I don't think you're going to see the 130s and 140s too often. And I just don't think that's the case because... Obviously, Freo look like a recharged side and, and look genuine finals contenders, and I think that's 
to do with a, a widespread of if, if midfield is not just um, Fife and Brasher anymore. There's the, the likes of Caleb Sarong there, 25 disposals. Uh, Will Brody even chipped up with 19 after a quiet game. Um, but yeah, I would I wouldn't be surprised with too concerned with Brayshaw. But I have a, another question for you, Nathan, um, with regards to Brody, considering I'm the only one in in um, that doesn't have him out of out of you and uh, Jonas yeah. as well. Are you concerned a little bit considering that he only had 64% game time, um, which is back down to what he has been in the previous week? And I think that attributed to his score. I think he was quite lucky to end up on a 75 with a couple of clutch moments quite late on. Is he one that, you know, he's obviously made a ton of money and and it's um, you can't complain with that, but is he one that you're looking to p- potentially offset and just get rid of him now and look for an Uber premium? Like you can obviously afford basically anyone you want with the money that he's afforded or, or you're thinking that just keep him in the forward line because he's probably holding up against some of the premium forwards in the, in the position anyway. Um. Yeah, I mean, look, if, like, at the minute, I think he's got a spot still there in that side, in my side. Um, I think if I was to go down the trade route, I think I would actually swing McCarden forward and trade in a defender. Yeah. Um, just because at the minute, I've got Whitfield at MD4, and I'd like to get another one of these sort of, Pendlebury um, types at sort of up there as well. And then I pretty much, other than the forward line, would have all my rookies off the ground or people I would consider rookies. Um, But at the minute, I don't think he's a high priority to get rid of. I still think his break-even is probably going to go up above 100 this week. So that is a bit of a concern. Um, But... I think Frio this week are playing North Melbourne, and from what I watched on Saturday night, I think he could have a big game. So I, I'm yeah. going to keep him. Um, but I think if you're going down that path, if you've got, say, Heaney, Butters, Dunkley, Cornelio, Martin, like most people mm-hmm. probably do, um, I think if you can get Brody into a defender and just move McCarden forward... Um, because he'd probably be back this week. Um, I think if you can get away with that, um, I think it's something that you could definitely look at doing. Yeah, that's that's a fair enough call. Um, hang on, sorry, I have closed our seat. Sorry, guys, there's a few technical <laughs> issues here. Um, I think we're moving on to the next game anyway. Yeah, yeah we're moving on to the next game anyway. Um, so. GWS for Adelaide's a little bit of a surprise result, this one, actually. Most people would have gone into this expecting Adelaide to um, to um, to win this and ended up losing on their own deck. So, um, Roy Laird, um, Malone player, just getting the job done week after week. Can he be a top six to eight mid without sliding now? I'll just add on to this that if he ever gets defender eligibility... Um, he will be the first pick in my side again. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't think that's the case. He's no, he's starting in there. Pure time mid. And, yeah, he's inside. And, um, he just gets the job done. Uh, he's, he's one that just accumulates a ball. Um, similar to Zach Merritt, in fact, that they just both don't look like slowing down. 
with regards to the the um, potential to just consistently score hundreds. I think Rory Laird's one that, unfortunately, because I think he's priced at like above 600 at the moment, probably just yeah. wait until he gets a sub 100 game to pick him up. But he's one that I think if you you know you get your Took Millers, your your Jack McRae's, your Lockie Neal's, Jack Steele's, etc. And you're left with one spot, you could be doing a lot worse. And Chuck Rory Laird in the side, he's just going to give you consistency. Seemed like he got tagged throughout the game a little bit. Or they tried to tag him, they just couldn't. Um, so he just gets the job done. He's very similar to Steele, where he just tackles and he gets a lot of scores from tackles as well and 35 disposals. Is one um, that helps as well. I've got a question for you as well, um, Nathan, in regards to Josh Kelly. So... 41 disposals absolutely tore Adelaide a new one with his run and carry off off the wings and, and through the midfield. Is he one that could you potentially bring in? I know he's burnt so many players in the past with his soft tissue injuries and things like that, but is he someone that, seeing that he scored 153, huge goal, um, could you bring him in as a, not a potential POD, but someone that could could you bring in that has a potential to do, this, do these uh, scores of 150 plus? Um, yes, I think you can. Um, I guess it's just you're rolling the dice with his bodies. Um, and I think, I think I've already got Quips in there, who is pretty similar play to Kelly in terms of being a walking hospital. So I don't think I could have two of them. Um, yeah, but I think I, mean, I wouldn't you, either. If you somehow haven't got Crips yet, you've probably been living under a rock for the last seven weeks. Um, but I think if you haven't got Crips, I think he could be an option, given that he's going to be probably a 535, 540k. Um, he's probably going to have a low break even. Um, so, like, he's probably not the worst pick at that price. Um, but... Yeah, I, I don't think I'm going to go near him. Um, I just think the Giants at the minute, I think just stick with Cornelio and Bruce and everyone else, and maybe Toby Green, um, and everyone else just pass on. Because I don't know where they're at as a football club. Um, I know they've won this week, but you know I don't know who they've got next week or upcoming. So, um, yeah, I think just... I don't know what's going on at the Giants. They just seem to be a shadow of themselves. Yeah, 100%. Um, speaking of Toby Green, can we trade him in this week? What, what are you going to do with Toby Green? Um, yeah, he's an interesting one. I mean, he's shown he, he can score. I don't think his ceiling is that low either. Um, he's one that is on my radar a little bit um, because I do need to bring in either a premium defender or premium forward this week. I think... The issue with War, uh, sorry, Toby Green is just with the Giants. Like as you said, you don't know really what you're going to expect from them. And I think it, when they're off, Toby Green's going to be off. Um, and Toby's Green, I think the reason why I ended up on 117 was he scored a lot of these goals quite early in the piece when they started their domination um, and went a bit quiet after that, and then just got um, helped with a bit of scaling, which which obviously is handy. So he's one that um, he'll be still under 400k, I believe. So I assume not under 400k, under 500k. So I don't think you could go worse with Toby Green. But I just, yeah, with GWS, how they're going, similar to Whitfield, there's just so many unknowns with these players. Like, if they're going to consistently do it, if this is a kickstart to how they're going 
to towards the mid stages of the season, um, then you'd be wanting to maybe pick him up. But I just think that there's a bit too much risk attached to him. But he's um, one I'm considering at the moment if I have priced out of other premium players that I'm looking at. Yeah, uh, I think that's a good um, way to look at it. Sorry, you guys can see me again. I'm just trying to get rid of these ads for everyone. Um, <laughs> they're annoying me. I'm having to click them off all the time. Um, right, so moving on to Melbourne and Hawthorne, which was almost yeah, a boil over. Yeah, this was a close game. Um, almost a boil over this game. Um, so, um, Gorn, Petrarch and Oliver, who I traded in this week, um, Clayton Oliver, all scored well. In fact, they were the top three scorers for Melbourne. Um what do you make of this? Because obviously I think they're probably Melbourne's three best players, so you would expect them to be up there, but they all fired at once. Yeah, de- definitely handy. Um, I obviously had Petrarca last, but was a bit disappointed, and he didn't start off too well as well in this game. He started off pretty slowly, but just went bang after quarter time, and it's definitely handy when all three of them pop off. So you just can't complain with their scoring. Um, Petrarca, yeah, 31 disposes, 131. When he gets the ball, he's just uses it so damagingly. He pretty much gets it out of the clearance inside 50s galore, um, which it makes me quite concerned as a Saints supporter considering we come up against them. Um, and if they're on, they're going to be seriously on against us, I think. So, yeah, you can't go wrong. They've got quite a nice fixture coming up as well. When they play West Coast, watch out. I think all three of them could get 150 um, plus, which would be quite scary if you don't own all three. But, yeah, someone that um, I want your opinion on, Nathan, as well, um, Hawthorne, Dylan Moore, interesting one. Um, would be nice if you'd picked him up as a pod uh, prior to this 147 score. But I thought when he scored 147, he was, you know, maybe kick four goals to rejig Hawthorne's comeback. But it wasn't the case. He ended up on 33 disposals and one goal. What are your thoughts on him? Is it one that is it similar to say Jack Sinclair where you're kind of just like waiting and waiting and waiting to see if he's actually a premium or do you actually think he's the real deal considering he almost seems like the main guy in that Hawthorne forward line that does all the damage as a high half forward? Well I think we touched on him last week actually Dylan Moore about being a potential trading and I think I think we sort of said wait one more week, but he's done it again, and I think I think he's going to get a lot more love this week as a trading because he's done it against Melbourne, um, which is perhaps yeah. what a lot of people are waiting for. So, I mean, look, good on him. Um, I don't think I will be bringing him in just given where my forward line is. I think I'm quite happy with it. Yeah. Um. But I think if you're scratching around for someone under 500k, um, who's probably going to be a premium, I think. Well, we're we're saying this obviously before the prices are changed, but I'd be nudging probably 500k now. So I think if you are going to get him, I think now is the time to act and get him in. Um. I don't know who Hawthorne have this week off the top of my head. I can't see. In fact, they've got Essendon this week. Yeah, it could be another um, so, game where he goes, pops off, actually. Yeah, so I know Essendon do struggle in particular defending their defensive 50. I know I think they're ranked 18th for um, defending at the minute. So 
Um, I think he could go big again. So I think if you are going to get Dylan Moore, I think this might be the week to get him. Yeah, I mean, I'd question marks over his ceiling because his highest was 105 and that included bags of three and four. But the fact he's just gone 147 is definitely surprising. Um, and I just don't think Melbourne. there's... Yeah, which is huge. I think Sam Mitchell's work as a coach is... You can't underestimate how smart a coach is and how well he can can coach against opposition coaches. And I think, yeah, Eston could be in for a world of hurt if Hawthorne are up and about because they're known for fast starters. And I could see someone like Dylan Moore score quick three goals in the first quarter and, and just start like a house on fire. Yeah, so um, moving on to the next game, the Blockbuster game in Cairns, yeah. um, which I think, Thomas, you'll be very glad to move on very quickly from this game. Um, but someone who has maybe flown under the radar has been Seb Ross, who's got 119 on the weekend. Um, I think we might have even touched on him last week, actually, as being a bit of a point of difference pick. He's in the 358 sides. Um, what, what are you thinking about Seb Ross, given he's a midfielder? His break even this week was 51, so he's probably going to be a about 510k this week. What what do you think about this pick, Thomas? Um, yeah, I wouldn't recommend it because <laughs> this is this is Seb Ross's, I think, career form best. The, the the pleasing thing was that obviously I think 31 disposals. You can't really um, complain about any of these players as disposal efficiency because the ball was about to go cake of soap you couldn't get any clean disposal. I think, unfortunately, with Supercoach and Cairns, it just doesn't add up. You're not going to see 150s in this game because of the amount of crap pill these players are getting. It just is impossible to um, grab the ball. But Ross, um, just have the stats up here. He's he's almost gone, yeah, as I say, career-best form. Uh, from round four onwards, he had obviously three poor scores to start off with. I wouldn't say poor, but below average, 75, 73, 84. And then he just went bang. He, he had 103 from round four and, and round five, six, seven, he's basically had a had a three-round average of close to one, 110 to 115. So he's one I think you'd be very ballsy to pick because um, I think Awkward this... Price. Yeah, if he was 100K cheaper, I'd probably bring him in um, 100%. But, yeah, Ross is one that I think he's found his form... He's cleaned up. I mean, he, obviously this game didn't show it, but I think he's cleaned up his disposal efficiency. He looks dangerous again um, from his best and fairest years. But I think it's just awkward because most of us have picked out our teams um, prior to to when we need these kind of awkward players. Like most of us have a pretty stock standard midfield now, um, which you don't need. I'd be kind of just waiting, I guess. He'd be one that if he continues his form through, has a few dips in form and then bounces back. Um, it can show he can do it over an extended period of the season. He'd be one that I'd be keen to look at once you're looking at finishing teams and if you need, you know, a cheaper option to finish off your side. But I think now is the time where you need your roll goal premiums, especially with the added trades. I think he's one that we can just pass on and and hopefully continues his form. Yeah, I, I think so. So, um, Zach Butters, um. Obviously, I think a lot of people had him. In fact, I think a lot of people still have him. Um, been a bit of an up and down, but the last 
week especially, he was a bit low. And this week, he's sort of bounced back with an 89. Um, what do we think's going on with him? Yeah, he's one that is a little bit concerning. Um, obviously, as I said prior, these scores are kind of irrelevant in a fact that they're probably going to be boosted if this was played at Marvel Stadium or the MCG. Uh, he was on 60-odd at halftime, which is concerning that he that he kind of petered out. The game wasn't suited for him and Rosie, I think, uh, with the way it was played. Wet, heavy conditions, a lot of stoppages. Um, but I think if you didn't pick him for whatever reason, you're almost lucky in the fact that you missed out on him and his poor scores. But I think you just got to hold with him. He's got the potential. He was named on ball. Um, if he did this under the Marvel roof, he'd be a lot more concerning. But, yeah, at Kazali Stadium, I don't think you can – um, attribute too much for that, that poor, I wouldn't say poor score, but subpar score um, with that. But yeah, well, uh, before we move on to the Carlton North game, one question I do have for you, Nathan, is is with regards to Connor Rosie. Um, obviously, this was a week that if you wanted to pull the trigger to, to make a big move with Rosie at, at, at under 400, you could. Definitely didn't do a terrible score with, with 23 disposals. It seems to be played a lot more midfield now. What are your thoughts on Rosie, considering that he's probably going to be early 400s, I'd say, to mid 400s? Is he still an option, or is he kind of one that you just had to get at 398k prior to this week? Look, I mean, I think he's an option. I think we flagged this last week, and I think I'm just going to back up what was said last week, that I think if he keeps playing in the midfield, he's an option, given that he should be around the ball a lot. Um, He's an elite kick. Um, and as as we both said, that 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 game in Cairns probably didn't really suit him being a wet, dewy ball um, with his type of skill set. So um, I think they're under the lights this week against the Western Bulldogs at Adelaide. Yeah, Oval. another um, tough game. I wouldn't be surprised if he came out and went 100 plus. To be honest with you, he's that type of player. He's Someone who's going to tear one of these close games apart, like a 50-50 game apart, and just dominate. So, um, look, I think there's still better options at this stage, but if he keeps playing in the midfield, then I think he definitely probably should be worth picking up in that forward line. Yeah, I mean, um, that's, I think. that's a fair statement. I guess you, you can't really complain about that. No, and I mean, if you're scoring 87 as a forward, I mean, you're going to take that considering I think the forward line, most people are sort of maybe got three premiums and maybe a Brody or Martin. So yeah. um, I don't think it's the worst pick, but I'd, I'd be wanting to see a little bit more of whether or not this is a full-time midfield um, before we went on. So moving on to the Carlton North Melbourne game. Um, so Sam Walsh, um, who I think now is at 600k, or he will be once the price has changed. Um, what do you, in fact, he's over 600k now, and he'll be about 610k, I'd say, given his price and his break even. Um, what do you think about Sam Walsh? Yeah, uh, 130 from one goal, 29 disposals is nothing to be uh, frowned upon. Um, however, they did play North Melbourne, who obviously have just been a basket case uh, by West Coast. I'd say arguably worse because of the issues West Coast have been through in the last couple of months with COVID and all that. Um, yeah, while she's one that I don't think you can go wrong with picking him, I do have my concerns. He, he obviously hasn't 
Um, disappointed he actually hasn't hasn't gone underneath a ton since his first game back. So he's, he's showing consistency. Um, and I don't think there's a problem with him, Cripps and everyone in the same midfield. Uh, however, Hewitt wasn't in that side as well. So um, I'd kind of just wait and maybe after the buy pick him up just because you're losing both Carlton midfielders um, plus Hewitt in the buys. So maybe someone to target after the buys. Um, but I wouldn't. If you desperately needed a midfielder in that 600 to to high 500k bracket, I wouldn't be against him for sure. Considering that he just scores, you know, through accumulation, and, and I don't think there's too many worries about his floor. Yeah, and he's got that first buy as well, which I think is the really bad the big buy. one. Yeah, so I don't yeah, think well, I'll add to that too much. Um, I'm not. I can't. I used to be able to see who had the buy. In the week on the AFL website, actually, I might be on the app actually. The who has got the buy, yeah. So, Carlton, Essendon, Port Adelaide, Richmond, Saints, and Giants all have the buy that week. So, yeah, I'll be trying to maybe get him after his buy if he's not too expensive. Um, and then, yes, unless he gets injured or he's out with health and safety, he should play the rest of the year. Um, so I think that's where I'm going to look at with that. So um, Jack Howell. Now, shout out to my mate um, who actually shares a name with him. I'm not sure if you listen to these <laughs> podcasts, um, but it was kind of weird seeing someone share um, the same name as one of your one of your friends um, running around on a football field. And um, 95 on debut is obviously very impressive. Uh, um, I think he's a midfielder at 100, and maybe he's 123,000. Um, what do we think about downgrade in a few weeks? Yeah, definitely want to keep on your radars. Um, however, did play Hewitt's role pretty much, which is concerning once Hewitt comes back. It can only really be a one-week injury. However, did his scoring no harm, basically turned up, which is impressive. And I think, you know, I think blue supporters out there from what I've seen are pretty happy with Carroll's performance and, and him as a person in their footy club. So, I wouldn't be surprised if he backs it up. I wouldn't say 100 is is realistic. Probably I'd say a 60-odd, 70-odd score you'd, you'd definitely take, and he'd be 100% a downgrade, I think. He's one that in that similar Greg Clark mould where you'd be wanting to keep a close eye on. I'd, if you had to rank Clark and um, and Carroll, I'd probably go Clark ahead of him just with job security and role. With West Coast being absolutely shit house, I think they'll give Clark more and more opportunities to flourish in that midfield. Um, whereas Carol Hewitt wasn't there, um, which is a big risk because he becomes a rotation liability with Eliza Kennedy as well um, and others going through that midfield. So, yeah, he's one to definitely watch, but I think it's a definitely good start for him and, and one that if he backs it up to anything half that performance, you'd take 100%. Yeah, and um, what about Paul Curtis, who's on the bubble this week? Um, only scored 58, um, which is actually what he scored, I think, last week as well. So yeah. he's 258s. Um, what are we doing with him? I don't think I'm going to go near him, just given he's a North Melbourne forward. And I think I couldn't think of anywhere else I would rather play at the minute, they're in North Melbourne's forward line, given their struggles. Yeah. Um, so, the, what do you make of yeah, this? Yeah, uh, I think the only benefit you've got with picking Curtis is that he's a North Melbourne player and he's going to guarantee games to some degree. And he's actually looked pretty well 
are pretty good in these last two games. He's he's had his opportunities, had a fair few opportunities to hit goals and and, and two scores around the 60 mark um, as a, as a forward in North's forward line is, is pretty impressive. Um, having said that, I think he is one of those players that um, could just get similar to Rosas where one game they just get flogged and he just doesn't go absolutely near it. So he's one that I'm happy to miss out on, even though he kind of makes half decent cash. I think you'd be good to pass up on him. Yes. Um, I think I'm the same too. Um, with that, so moving on to today's games. Um, as I said, we're recording this on the Sunday. Um, so um, the MCG game. So I was at this game today. Um, so Scott Pendlebury, which is someone who I've been flagging for a few weeks now as being a good buy in the defender. I think might have finally convinced people. I think he was just about the best player on the ground outside of Miller. Um, and Anderson. I think he's probably Collingwood's best player. I'll rephrase that too. Um, what do you think on him as a bit of a defender pick? Yeah, um, can't complain with his score. He's, he's one that I'm definitely considering at the moment. Uh, just seems to score pretty well, regardless of, of what the situation is. He plays a pretty super coach friendly role in the fact that he just gets his pill across half back and then when required he goes in the midfield and gets a few clearances so he's one that 25 disposals is a pretty good return for 115 super coach score and the top super coach scorer uh for for the for the team and I think he's yeah he's one that I'm definitely heavily considering at the moment because I don't think it's been too expensive but he's one that I think you could grab all year around that 550k mark because he's just going to be Uber reliable for you, and he's one that his uh, floor is not too low. That I don't think you'd be too concerned with with him uh, scoring too poorly for your side. But one that I guess Jonas took the punt on two weeks ago, Jordan Dugowie, um obviously had a pretty horrendous score, scoring a 60 with 95% time on ground, predominant playing as a key forward. What are your thoughts on Dugowie, Nathan being obviously a Collingwood supporter, um, and are you concerned that in comparison to last year when obviously you know, he was scoring hundreds pretty consistently, and now he's bringing out this um, up and down roller coaster ride for owners. Are you, are you concerned, super coach wise, about his his scoring output at the moment? Uh, there's no doubt I'd be concerned about what he's doing, but I think it broke. I think this story broke out on Friday that he was battling gastro throughout the week, so yeah. it might and might explain why he had a little bit of a down game. Um, and I, I'm not sure he, he normally plays a midfielder for most of the game, but I did see him forward quite a bit today. Um, so I think there are a few explanations for perhaps a bit of a down score. Um, but it, it's concerning, but I think I'll give him an out because if it was true that he's battling gastro, obviously that can affect you quite badly as an elite athlete. So... Um, I think I'll let him off the hook for one week. But uh, if he can get back string some form together, um, he could be a good buying option in a few weeks' time. Um, so Aiden Begg, who, who debuted today um, against Wits, he probably got towered in the end against Wits, to be honest with you. I think Wits had about 50 hitouts, and I think about 15 of those were to advantage. Um, what do you think about Aiden being two weeks' time being a rookie option? 
he's just one of those rucks that um, just keep on scoring because of, of the ruck uh, situation we've got on our hands with, with premium ruck players going down, like Rundy going down, brought big the opportunity. I think he's one that he scored 81, which is actually, I thought he was going to score a lot lower with Darcy Cameron on the sky, and he did this in half half a game pretty much because he had 55% time on ground, as you can see on fan footy. So, um, yeah, he's quite impressive. But I think we've all gone on Hayes. Bruce is one that, yeah, I wouldn't recommend going, say, Bruce down to beg to free up more cash. I just don't think it's worth it. Um, and I think, yeah, he's one I'd, I'd just miss out on. I, I don't think that there's going to be a capability for anyone to bring him in realistically, unless you've, you've set up otherwise, um, unless hey the Port Hayes goes down with an injury in say two weeks time, and you're kind of forced to trade him down, and if Beg scores another score, but I think the you might have a say on this Nathan, but I think Mason Cox is always a threat. He did quite well in the VFL apparently, and I think if they decide to go a different route, then he's always an option. But Beg actually looked quite impressive today. Um, I think he's on mute at the moment, which is a bit. Sorry, I am on mute. Sorry, I am on mute. Mason Cox, he is a um, proven performer against Richmond. Um, unfortunately for Richmond supporters, so yeah. Um, I I still I'm actually glad they went down this route and gave Beg a game over Mason Cox. So I think I'd rather play the young kids rather than play a giant who's you know had his chance done well won us some pretty much won us a final off his own but against what was considered the best side of the last 20 years um so you know i can't complain about what mason cox has done but i think um i'm glad that they gave big a game and yeah obviously seeing him he is a bit on the shorter side he definitely needs to go to the gym and bulk up um yeah but I think a good first game, um, and yeah, I, I can't complain. Um, so moving on to the, uh, I'll just give a shout out as well to um, Jack Crisp, uh, 103 today. Um, I think he seems to be sort of back to what I think most people wanted at the start of the season from him. And also um, just took took Miller as well. Yeah, and took um, Miller started and that off. Yeah, like Took Miller started off on um, probably, I think it was below 10 at quarter times, so basically scored 150-odd in three quarters, which is definitely impressive and, and shuts anyone up that, that had doubts in him, I think. He, he's he's gone, slowly gone back to his best, I think, which is nice to see. Yeah, I think he's going to be a good trading option, um, Took Miller, for me. I think he's, he's below 500, 600K now, so I think yeah. once that app updates, if I think he might be someone who I might try and sneak in this week if I can go down that path and just about finish off my midfield. Uh, moving on to the Bulldogs and Essendon game today. Um, so Bailey Dale was a defensive option. Now, I have to say, I did actually have a look at Bailey Dale while I was on the train home and saw he was 525000 still, and it sort of put me off perhaps a little bit. But another 113 score today. Um, what do we think about his um, future in our sides? Um, 
Yeah, he's he's one that I think everyone avoided because they were like, oh, you know, can he repeat his his good form of last year or his breakout year as as a, as a defender? And he just seems to be providing. He's one as the the players I'm considering bringing as well, um, based off the options I have this week. And he just doesn't disappoint. He's low score of 86 in round two when the dogs weren't even doing too great. So he's one that has a capability of slowing down as a youngish player. Um, but he's one that is very consistent, and I think he's just flourishing in that role, which is nice to see. And I think, you know, he's, he's not one that is going to break the bank too much at, at 530, 540K, which is definitely useful for your primo defenders. But one player I do want to have your thought opinions on, thought and thoughts and opinions on, um, would have been nice for Jonas to come as well to have a discussion about McRae, considering me and uh, Jonas don't have him and you do. Obviously, We've been on the lucky side of his poor scoring for the last two weeks. But what are your thoughts on McRae? Obviously, you mentioned just before we started about Robbie, uh, not Robbie Hunter, um, Lockie Hunter's Lockie. absence affecting negatively affecting McRae. Is that genuinely the reason, or, or do you think there is another reason attributed to McRae's poor scoring for the last two weeks? Because having said this, McRae was, I think, on 35 at half time, so, so salvaged a half-decent score. But I think... Made a lot of uh, captaincy owners on, on McRae suffer big time. Yeah, well, I'm actually lucky that um, that Gorm went 170 because I actually would have been one of those McRae captaincy options. So I guess I guess I should say thanks to um, Max Gorn, yeah. Thanks to Max Gorn there. But um, I'm having a look on him now, and he, he only... He only had one centre clearance. So I'm not sure if he's he might be out on the wing a little bit more. Um I'm yeah I, I think I'd get it set up. That. I'm gonna try to get this set up on my phone because I actually have all the apps all the stats that I need set up on my phone. Um but I think he seems to be playing a bit more out wide um to help cover the loss of Hunter's run um which is obviously gonna eat into his um into, into his single eye. Only he still had 18 centre bounce attendances. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I think I think he's he might just be going through a bit of a rough patch, but he, it's definitely a little bit concerning. I mean, he's obvi- obviously not going to trade him, um, but he pretty much was the only sour note on what was a near perfect week for me was seeing McRae just only get 89. I mean, he's still getting the ball. He had... Um, he had um 28 disposals today, which is probably a little bit down. Um, so yeah, I I don't know what's going on there at the minute, but I think lot the quicker Lucky Hunter can get back in, and obviously, um, I know he's away for personal reasons, so he shouldn't you know judge Lucky Hunter for that. Um, but uh, hopefully he's back soon. Um, yeah. and I think McRae's scoring will be positively impacted. The other player I should say as well. So I think Bailey Smith had a bit of an impact on his scoring as well. Um I think Smith's sort of playing that more permanent midfielder role. Um and I think Bont started going through there a little bit more the last few weeks as well. So yeah, I think it's a number of factors that might be just hurting McRae at the minute. Um but hopefully he will be back to his best um soon. Um, so Nick Martin, who I've just kept on the field, um, another hundred plus score today, 
Um, he's probably going to be nudging on 300,000. In fact, he's going to be well above 300,000. Um, in fact, he'll be about 350-odd thousand. Um, what do we think about keeping Nick Munn just on the field as an F6? Um, yeah, I'm just going to keep him as, as much as possible. He's doing better than half the forward premiums at the moment, and he just looks so composed on the ball. Uh, plays a really friendly role. That, well, not a friendly role, but, but plays in a, in, a, in a position where it enables him to accumulate a little bit, um, and he just uses it so well as well. And, and every time he gets the ball, it just looks like he's going to do something damaging with it, and he's so accurate by foot. Um, I don't know why... AFL clubs miss out on him. He's just a super talent, and I think he's a lock in any one side. Even Melbourne's side, he could do a very severe damage, especially in a winning side. So, yeah, 100%, I keep him on field. Um, and, yeah, last opportunity to um, trade him out would be the, the best-case scenario for um, Nick Martin, unless he has a severe lack of form issues or he's injured. I wouldn't uh, say no to leaving on, on my field. Yep. Um, I would go along with that too. I think I've got Will Brody. I think they're probably both in a similar boat. They're both still scoring. Maybe Brody's perhaps slowed down the last couple of weeks. Um, yeah. I think Martin's here to stay for the minute. Um, moving on to the last game of the round. So um, Luke Parker, 150 score this week. Um, what do we think about getting him in this week as a bit of a trade option? He's 475,000. He's a midfield 40. Break even was 53. So he's probably going to be back above 500,000 again. Um, what do we think about this option? This is Luke Parker, yeah? Yeah, Luke Parker. Yeah. It was one that I unfortunately couldn't actually get. It was one I was very keen on, um, but unfortunately wasn't able to afford. I was priced out at about 420k. Um, so unfortunately, if I brought him in, it would have been... Yeah, probably a 2,600-plus score easily for me. But, yeah, Parker's one that I'm pretty keen on as well. He's he's in conversation with the likes of Pendlebury, um, that Bailey Dale is an option. He's just – he seems to be back to his best. I don't know if it was a specific matchup thing potentially with, with, um, with Brisbane's contested ability in the midfield and some bigger bodies in that midfield in a pretty crunch game. But 33 disposals for 150, you just can't complain. He just goes at the ball ridiculously hard. I think Sydney have experimented with a with a youthful Sydney midfield uh, starting three, like the likes of Chad Warner in there, McInerney in there, to, to provide some genuine leg speed. But I think having Parker there, they look a lot stronger um, with him. Having said that, it's a bit ironic because I got carded by Brisbane. So I don't exactly know... Um, whether that he will stay in there, but he was pretty much in every centre bounce. And I think he's one that, because of his huge scoring potential, you kind of want him in your side, which is nice. Um, I don't exactly know how I feel about owning Heaney and Parker in the same lineup, but who knows if that is the case where you just have to bring him in. But if you brought him in early, you'd 100% take that 150 score to the bank. And if you had all the other... Um, Score high scorers on the field, you'd be looking at a very, very high score, which is which is definitely handy. Yeah, so um obviously Lockie Neal again in this game, um another hundred and eighty plus score. Um I think he's just about a must have um now. In fact you should already have him, but um he's just gonna keep climbing his 
probably going to be 650k. So I think for those of us who went with Neil and Cripps at the start of the year with question marks over their body, um, I definitely yeah. think that that decision has paid off very, very handsomely. Um, just quickly before we wrap up, um, what trades are you looking at doing this week? Obviously, as I said, we are recording this before Supercoach has opened. So um, I know in fact it's just open now. Here we go. Um, oh, here we so go. what what trades are you looking at doing this week? Uh, let me have a look. So just open up now. Yeah, handy rank climb for myself. I'm assuming you're the similar. Yeah, I haven't actually looked at my rank. Hang on. I'm just going to stop screen sharing. Here we go. Um, I'm just going to get open now. Hopefully, hopefully I went up a little bit. Yeah, I went up um, 12,650. Yeah, it was the same. I bumped up 10K, which is definitely handy. But, yeah, trade-wise, Rochelle has to go. <laughs> um, I got rid of him last week. You know, the, probably the best thing would have done is to bring Greg Clark in early, even though you don't really bring... Uh, rookies in early, however, he's still 270k, which is definitely handy. Um, I'm probably looking at getting rid of Jared Berry, or um, obviously Jack Hayes with his ACL has to go. Um, so yeah, one of those two, well, those three combinations will probably go out and and just get whatever defender forward premium I like. I think my mids, I'm pretty happy with with Steele, Neil, Oliver, Miller, Petrarca, Cripps so far. You know, can't complain with that midfield group. Um, and I think I'll aim to bring in a few midfielders later on. But I think I definitely need uh, some coverage, particularly in the defence. I was on thin ice this week with O'Driscoll, DeConning and Dacos all in there. But DeConning saved it with a handy 77. I think he's capable of these solid scores, similar to McCartney. He's just building in confidence. I think that kid, which is really nice, and we'll continue to see his price trundle along. Um, but what are you looking at this week before you quickly wrap up? Yeah, so for me, I would love to be able to get in a premium defender. Um, yep. So I might have to do a little bit of a workaround and see if I can get rid of someone. But I'd like to maybe turn... I'd like to maybe turn Tristan Zeri into a, one of those big defenders. Um, not sure who yet. I'll have to have a look um, and see what I can do. Um, but if I get, say, someone like a um, Doherty or Sinclair or someone like that, um, maybe not Sinclair because I think his break even is quite high. Yeah. Um, but if I get someone like maybe even a Jaden Shaw, um, I think I will take that and just move on. I only, I've only used, I should just point out, I did do two trades last week, so I'm at 32 now. Um, so I think I'm probably going to do another two this week and try and see if I can get in um, a, a Jaden Short or a Jack Sinclair or someone like that. So, um, yeah, I've, I've Jack, um, Tom Stewart's now above 600,000. So, um, I, yeah, I definitely think um, it was a good decision starting with him, given that. Um, but, yeah. yeah, I think that's sort of where I'm heading towards this week. I mean, even someone like Scott Pendlebury, like, right now, he's the fifth-highest-scoring defender. Um, Bailey Dale's seven, and, yeah, they're pretty much the same price. So, 
Um, yeah, I think for me, if I can definitely turn on my Cardinals, someone like that into a premium, I think that's what I'd like to do. Oh, yeah, 100%. I think for me, forward line is probably the priority and, and, and a defence as well. I think just depending on who gets named this week and who I feel more comfortable with, with fielding as my final rookies, because I think my mids are sorted for now with, with Dacos still pumping out decent scores. He could do well quite well against Richmond, I think. Um, yeah, yeah I've, I think got, that's... I've got all those sort of what I would say bad rookies off my field in my midfield. Like I've got Horn France as an M8. Um, yeah. He's not setting the world on fire, but I think there's other positions I need to fill. So, you know, number one draft picking, probably not going to get dropped. Um, oh, so I, yeah, think I'm happy to just, I think I'm happy to just leave him there for the minute and sort of deal with that later on around the box. Yeah, that sounds good. But uh, I think that's all we got time for today. Um, hopefully you went well in your... Uh, leagues and all that and had a decent score there'll be obviously some huge scores come out of this round um but i think we'll probably have time to do a q a session we'll see how we go hopefully uh repay you guys considering we missed out last week and it should be a pretty bumper week coming up with people trying to climb the ranks still um and trying to kind of back up a huge week and we'll see how we go but uh, until then we'll, we'll hopefully see you later in the week for the q a pod